Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Manchester United are top of the Premier League, but Leicester were top of the Premier League and Manchester City were top of the Premier League. And that's all been in the last 24 hours. There is much to discuss on this episode of the Gagan Pod, David Wiener is with you, and we've gone with a double Socceroos act up front with John Aloisi and Luke Wilkshire to talk all about it. Let's get straight into it. How you doing with me up front? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, is that the first time Luke's ever been up front? <laughs> yeah. We've only got two, so I'm going to put you both up. I'm not going to play you as a number six when we've only got two players here, Luke. Welcome back to the show. Great to see you. How are you travelling? All good, mate. All good. Uh, still alive, happy in 2021. So, um, yeah, I can't complain. We could be worse. We could be. And football does help that, John, and there has been an abundance of it since just last week when we last caught up. Yeah, there has been. Look, we're all talking about the big game on the weekend or Monday morning, early Monday morning, what, you know, to, to look out for. It ended up being a stalemate um, and it wasn't that exciting, but it did make it for an interesting uh, couple of days because, you know, the, the, the changes of the, the top, who's, who's at the top, Leicester with a great win, then Man City and now Man United with that win against Fulham. So it's been... This is the most exciting Premier League season I can remember. It, it, you know, you've got six teams that think or believe they can win it, and it's so close. Well, that's uh, nine teams have led the Premier League now, and I think it's 15 chopping and changing, uh, chopping and changes at the top of the table since the start of the season. So you can't take your eyes off it. And we're going to begin with some really good action this morning. Let's start with the most recently concluded game, and it was decided off the boot of Paul Pogba as Manchester United returned to the top of the table with a 2-1 win at Fulham. John, an exquisite match-winning strike from a player who is capable of winning a game on his own, and it's great to see him do so. It is, and, and it's been twice now in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, Against Burnley, he scored the winning goal, and this morning with his left foot, what a finish that was uh, from Pogba. He's, he's showing what he's capable of doing. He's, um, he looks happier. He looks fitter. That's the main thing. And, um, you know, he's been criticised a lot and, uh, because of his in- inconsistencies. But I think that's been the inconsistencies of the actual team. Uh, now they're playing with more, uh, I think, belief and confidence. Pogba's looking better. Um, I thought he was good against Liverpool. I know that, uh, you know, that they say defensively he let them down a little bit, but I don't know if it was him or the way that uh, Oli wanted them to defend and allow uh, Wanda Bissaka to pick up uh, Robinson. So Pogba was coming inside quite a bit. He was unfortunate he didn't get that goal. He probably should have scored. Um, but I, I still thought that when he had the ball, something was going to happen, especially in that second half. I thought that he led the team well. So, Pogba's showing what he can do and they need him and Fernandes because if they've got those two firing, they're a chance of winning the title. Yeah, I think the big one there, Johnny, you, you talk about him looking happy. Yeah. Happy. Like, he, you know, there was a lot of talk when he wasn't playing, when he was on the bench and, and disgruntled. But now he's on the pitch and he's playing. He feels, he feels good in himself. You know what, as a player, when, when you're happy, when you're enjoying your football, that's when you play your best. It's, you know, that, that, and, and when you feel free, when you feel confident, you play your best. That's like any footballer. And I don't care at what level it is. And, and I think now you've seen that. And Oli, and you, you're probably going to talk about Oli at the wheel. When they were struggling was when he was on the bench. When there, there was people disgruntled, especially big players with big personalities, especially in the changing room. Um, and now that he's back in the team and he's feeling that, that, that love, I guess, in playing. And you see not, not only him, but the rest of the squad and the rest of the team performing the way they do because they're feeling that, that, that vibrance, you know, that they're feeling happy, they're feeling relaxed and they're enjoying the football. 
And I think yeah. it shows in the results. Yeah, it was interesting, his interview after the game this morning that uh, he said, they said, oh, you look happy. And he said, yeah, I'm happy when we win mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. happy when I'm playing. Um, and uh, the, the thing is, he's such a big personality. We saw it with the, the French documentary when the, during the World Cup. He was sort of their leader in the change room. He, he wasn't the captain, but he was like their leader. You know, he, he was very vocal. And I'm sure it's the same at Man United. And this is where I think Mourinho probably got it wrong at Man United. He lost Pogba. You lose such a, an important uh, figure in your, your squad that can rule your changing room, which he does, because the coach can't rule it. The coach is not in there. He's not in the inner the, in the, sanctum. That's true yeah. personality. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that um, yeah, this is a good sign. Oli's done well in man managing Pogba. Um, you know, he had his injuries at the beginning of the season. He had his COVID that affected him a little bit, but he's given him time to get his fitness levels. Now he's got him. And you're seeing what he can do. So what's interesting, though, is he has almost dominated United discussions in the last three years as much as anything. You've had Mourinho, you have Solskjaer, but Pogba's been the constant. Do United continue with that theme? Have they got him to a point now where they go, right, we're ready to kick on? What happens now? Because it's a really pivotal decision to the short-term future of the club. It, it, off the back of this form, Luke, do you do you keep him on? Do you re-sign him? Or do you let Minariola, the agent you know, cause his problems and, and if he takes him elsewhere, so be it. Well, well for me, for me, I would like to think that's Solskjaer's decision. If he if he thinks he understands him and he's got him to a place where he's going to benefit the team, then you keep him 100% because there's no, there's no doubt about his quality and what he can do and what he can bring to a squad and what he, you know, and, but, but it's about, you talk about the main management, Johnny, and that is the crucial part of Pogba. The, the, the manager needs to be able to get the best out of him. Like any manager and all your squad, your players, you need the best out of him. If Oli Gordon Solskjaer thinks he's too much hard work, you know, and he's more um, detrimental to the squad than what he is the value he brings to it, then then you sell him and you make money out of him. But if you think, and, and you've seen now in his recent form and what he can do for a team, mate, keep him. Mate, you're not going to go and find a, a player of that talent or that quality at this moment in the market and the yeah. sort of money you're going to have to pay for him. That you're, that, that, that's the key point there, Luke. I, I don't think that uh, there's that many players around that you can replace him with. Um, you know, who, who do you get in the market that's available for, at that level for a that's good price? Of, the sort of money you're going to pay yeah, for it. Yeah. So I, I think at the moment, they, you know, they're in a good position because uh, if they keep Pogba happy and performing like this, I'm sure he will stay and he would like to stay. Um, and if he ends up wanting to leave, they can sell him for a big amount of money and then look for a replacement. But at the moment, I wouldn't think about selling him. I think that he's showing what his true value is. So off the back of a quite remarkable uh, away streak with our unbeaten um, in the Premier League this season, unbeaten in 17 games, stretching back into last season, and they've got the best run of form at the moment, undefeated out of Europe's top five leagues, Manchester United. Um have we? Where are we at now in assessing them as sustaining this title charge? We're going to talk about that Manchester City shortly, but with Pogba firing, with Fernandez combining with him today, not so much at Anfield. Luke, United as title challengers, how long can they sustain this for? Will it go the distance? Yeah, that's a big question, isn't it? I think um, you know the United fans are, are in dreamland at the moment. The way they're, they're, they've seen the, the team come, and you know I. And I've got to be the first to say, back when they got knocked out of the, knocked out of the Champions League, I, I was questioning Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I really was. I, um, you know, when they were in a bad run of form, he'd always pull a, pull something out of the, a rabbit out of the hat. Um, but they've been a little bit more consistent. And I don't think um, they can go on and win it. I don't, honestly. Um, but they're going to be there and thereabouts. And they're, they're, um, they've shown that. And I think maybe next year, could possibly be the year if they get it right um, to go that little bit further. So why or why not, John? Can they can they not sustain it? Uh, look, I think they can if they keep Fernandez and Pogba on the pitch. I, I think they're the, the and, two and the referees. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think they're the two important players for them at the moment that uh, can really win them football games. I think up front they can rotate. I think Cavani he shows when he starts he's you know he's a striker that's going to score you goals. Uh, Rashford um, he's someone that will get grab your goals. Marshall's grab them goals. So they they can really rotate the front three. 
But those two, if they keep them fit and on the pitch, they will win games because they're showing good character now. Unbelievable character. They've gone behind seven times this season and they've won seven. You know, it, it, it's it's incredible. Well, that's away from home that they won all seven that they went behind. Um, and then you go, I think defensively they're looking a lot stronger. I was very critical of them at the beginning of the season with Maguire, Lindelof. Um, I thought they defended really well against Liverpool, especially in that first half when they were under pressure. They, they dealt with the situation as well. They, uh, I think Luke Shaw looks like a new player. He looks fit. He, he defensively looks very solid. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm thinking, well, they can win it because if you've got your defensive structure is good and, you, and we'll talk about City in a minute, that's their big strength at the moment. Um, then you can go a, a long way. And United are showing they can defend. Even this morning when they were under pressure for that last 10 minutes, they were scrambling, but they, they, they've been able to scramble over the last uh, two months uh, in the Premier League and, and win those games where they're very tight. And John, you mentioned if they keep Fernandes and Pogba together, what was it that Liverpool did to Fernandes that made him have his quietest game of the season um, in the biggest stage, or was that just a one-off from Bruno? He is human; he cannot win every game off the string of his own boot uh, every single week. Oh, let's give credit to, to Liverpool in the first half. Liverpool were good in the first half. I know that in that final third they lacked a little bit that you give credit to to Man United defensively, but Liverpool pressured them. Liverpool kept on top of them. Liverpool didn't allow them to play. Man United didn't have the ball. So if Man United don't have the ball, Fernandes is, you know, he's, he's useless. That's right. So um, in the second half, he started to get into a little bit. Yes, it wasn't his usual self, but he nearly won the game for him by, you know, the, the chance that he had. He actually um, was unlucky. He didn't go in. There was a good save by Alisson. So um, I, I think you just have to give credit to Liverpool because of the amount of pressure they put Man United under in that first half. Didn't allow them on the ball. Didn't allow okay. them time. Well, he was certainly uh, back to his best, particularly around the period that Edison Cavani equalised for Manchester United today, uh, cancelling out uh, uh, Lookman's opening goal. Fulham were gallant. Scott Parker's side are improving, but they didn't have the quality overall today as those Cavani and Pogba goals put Manchester United back on top of the table, which leapfrogged them over Manchester City, who were top of the table for 90 minutes after their 2-0 win at home against Aston Villa. But what we must talk about here is the goal that swung the game. It was a lovely finish from Bernardo Silva, but that's not what everyone is talking about when Manchester City took the lead after 79 minutes of gallant defending from Aston Villa. John, talk us through this incident where Rodri snuck in from an offside position after Tyrone Mings got a touch on the ball. I mean, Rodri came from the stands. He was that far offside. Um, And in the end, that was deemed okay. That was deemed legal. And Silva was allowed to go on and score. Talk us through how on earth this was legal. As a former striker, I should love this rule, (laughs) but I hate it as a a coach, especially because you teach your back forward to, to push up. And, and keeping him in an offside position. Now, it, it, it is the rule. He's, he's not interfering with play because it's a different phase. As soon as Mings controls that ball, Rodri's back in play and he's not offside. But I just think it's a, it's a silly rule. I think they have to change it because, you know, Mings does everything what any defender would do. You know, yes, he could have cleared it, but he was under no pressure at all. He's thinking he's offside. He's, he, he actually come out this morning that I didn't even know that was a rule. So if the players don't understand the rules, what chance have they got? Johnny, I'm no, dif- I'm no different. Uh, you, you, it's, it's, it's a strange one. And I would be the same. And I would want my defender to be able to do that and to not worry about him. He's there offside. Yeah. You think that's the same phase of play. But like you said, it's not. It's a rule. Yeah. He doesn't understand and he got punished for it. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Because if he just cleared the ball then, you know, it, it, maybe his coach or the players around them would have said, well, you had time, you know, why don't you just clear the ball? Yeah, no, no, but if he knew the actual rule, that's he what he probably, probably would have done. Yeah, yeah. done. But Luke, as a defender, what doubt does that, I mean, you might not know, you might know the rule, you might not know the rule, but with those strikers that are just sort of trudging around behind you as a defender, how does that play in your mind in your decision-making? Or is this an excuse for Tyrone Mings' touch? Like, where does this stand? No, there's, there's not. And, and you, you would normally, like, like Johnny spoke about as a, as a coach, you want them to get up and you leave them offside and you, you, you want them to always get back on side. So they're not, 
anything okay, you can you can get it down, you can play. But I think it's a, it's, a, it's a strange one, it's a frustrating one, definitely, because normally, you know, either you let it go through, but you bring it down, you think he's offside, then then I can play. So it's 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 one of them that I, I, I don't know the how you can try and manage it. It just you you need to know that they're offside, they're offside because normally you just play. Yeah, so the thing is, uh, I think, that the, and the rule needs to change because he's interfering with play. The ball has gone back. They've headed the ball back in his direction, in Rodri's direction. Yes, Rodri's not near the ball when Mings controls it. But how is that not interfering with mm. play when he's able to then quickly come back and actually win the ball back? Well, that's interfering with play. But it's, like you said, it's a different phase. That they, yeah. they say how it is. So two yeah, but- two things here, if we're going to change the rule or not change the rule. I mean, what if, if Rodri is lurking a metre offside, like a cheeky amount offside, not not the you know the big fat striker who's 30 metres offside just tending the goal in, 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 a, in five aside down at the park. If he's just a little bit offside, like it's getting very confusing. If he was there, would Mings have got away with it? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It, it, it's uh, if he brought it down. If the linesman doesn't put up his flag, and he brings the ball down, and then he then he, he would still be classed as not offside. And That's my if, understanding of it. And what if Mings doesn't touch the ball? Then there's new, no new phase, and then he's offside. Rodriguez offside. Yeah, yeah. But as a defender, you can't actually can't do that. you you can't just let the ball go because you're not you're not taught to just let the ball go. It, it, plus, you don't know where sometimes where your other defenders are. You know, there might be a defender a little bit off. You know, there may be a fullback that's falling asleep for for a second, and he's a little bit deeper, and and you let the ball go, and then you, you he's keeping him onside. So you, you have to be careful as a defender. You have to play what you see. Mm. So sometimes you don't know where your back four is. You're, you've worked on it all week that your back four is always in line and always keeping their line together. But occasionally, it, someone might be sleeping. So you have to actually play the ball. You can't just let the ball go. And the other thing, Luke, as a defender, you, you, the players might not know the rules, but at what point is the onus on the players to know the rules? Like, if, if this is the rule is going and changing it now because of this incident going to create more havoc? Like, oh. When is, when is, when is it, if it's clear that that's not interfering, will changing it not create more misunderstanding? I don't know. The, uh, you know, the rules in football are a little bit like COVID. They change every week, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what it was like, Luke? It, because we used to get like the, sometimes if there was a rule change that the you know a referee or someone from the federation would come in and, and let us know the rule changes. But sometimes a player's sitting in there and after training, they don't really want to be listening to what's going on. Sometimes, Johnny. <laughs> Most all of the time. All the time. <laughs> so it's one of those ones that he'd probably been told the rule if it just didn't even click or didn't sink in or, or whatever else. And because, you know, this is this doesn't happen often that you see a goal like this. So, you know, he, he, now I bet you every single player in the Premier League will well, know that rule. The rule. <laughs> you learn the hard way, as yeah. I say. So do, either of you, do, do both of you think the rule should change? And if you do, how would you simplify it? When are you allowed to get involved? I'll let you go with that one, Luke. I was going to say, I'll let you have that, Johnny. <laughs> I, I do agree they, 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 sh- they should change it. Um, to simplify it, jeez, you're offside, you're offside. I, I think um, it's almost a common sense one. Like as a footballer or as a player, you would know and you, you would say, you know, that, that's, that's just wrong or it's offside. You know, Johnny, I think, um, and I think that, that's where sometimes – in, in football now with the VAR and all the rest of it, you need people to understand the game and go, well, he's interfering with a player. Like, okay, not this moment, but the fact that he was offside at that moment, it went on to create such a problem. If, if That's a feeling for the game. Yeah, that, that's yeah. actually what Owen Hargraves actually said on Match Day Live on Optus Sport. He said the four or five Villa players in unison are like, that's offside. It's yeah. offside. If it looks offside, if it smells offside, if it, if it tastes offside, it's offside. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's a that's a feeling for the game. You need people that are, that are the same that are, they're in charge of it, or the, the same that run the game. You need to understand the game, and you need to feel the game. Uh, I, I think 
I oh, think yeah. because oh, the ball that. went back in the direction of Rodri, I think that it's clear that that should be a rule that it's offside because it, it, all right, um, it didn't get to him on the first phase, but it, you know it's different if uh, you know they headed the ball back on an angle that Rodri wasn't on, and then all of a sudden in the next phase, Rodri comes back they, and wins. They the deliberately ball. headed the ball back. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he headed the ball back in that direction. You know, it wasn't a deflection. It wasn't, you know, it was clear that he headed the ball back straight back to where Rodri was. He's interfering with play. That's an offside for me. That that should be the rule. If you can interfere in with the play within seconds, like Rodri did, that has to be a rule. That has to change, and I think it has to be. If you're going to interfere in play within seconds, then it's your offside. How do you put that in writing? Like they like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know that, that's how they all want it. They want it. They want it in writing. They yeah. want it in writing. The Gagenpock rule book, rule book <laughs> will have to do. Hey, look. City probably does well. City had more corners in the first half than any team have had this year. They had more touches in the opposition box than a team has had this year in the Premier League. John, they were worthy of the win, but Villa put up a fantastic fight. They are gonna they are gonna cause some problems for teams uh, going forward this year too. But City, from this point with the game in hand, still are they the title favourites? At the moment, yes. At the moment, they're the strongest side. Um, is it ten? Clean sheets out of the last 12 games. Yeah, something like that. 11, they 11 from, clean sheets. They haven't it, seen it from open play at the Etihad since October. Yeah, it, it, it's phenomenal. And a lot of it has to do with Diaz coming in, um, Stones finding form again. Um, I just think that, they, you know, every, you'd say it, probably every winning uh, side in any comp um, has a good defence and, 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 and concedes very few goals. And, you know, we saw it with Liverpool. We all talk about their attacking weapons. But, you know, Van Dijk and Alisson, uh, they were the two big signings that probably made the difference for Liverpool to go on and win a title. Um, you know, you, you've seen it in Italy for years. You see it with, uh, you know, in, in Spain now, Atletico Madrid, defensively, they've only conceded six goals in, in, in the league. You know, they're sitting top of the table. And so City are the team that you go, we know they're going to score goals. I know they haven't gone and said, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, they don't concede. We were going to score a goal. And this morning, it looked like they weren't going to end up getting that goal. But that brilliance from, you know, Silver and, you know, that they've just got that quality now that, uh, you know, uh, they've got different goal scorers now. They're not relying on just one striker. They've got multiple goal scorers. Yeah, we've spoken at length about that uh, no-striker quandary. And it took them a bit of time today, um, but uh, they've got a lot of plays. in Muka Gundigan is in probably career form at City uh, too. Just a last word on Villa, Luke. Uh, they've, they've got some players in that side. And uh, they came into this game in 11th, but you suspect with a couple of games in hand themselves, uh, they might be ones to finish in the top half as well. Dean Smith has done a, a pretty formidable job turning them around. No, Dean Smith's been, been fantastic, I think. And... You know, and as much as some some people love him, some don't. John Terry, he, he's got an influence there. And you talk about the way they defended, um, the resilience, the attitude, um, which is something I think John Terry is renowned for um, that they've got. And and we talk about that when you got it when you got a good defence, you got that attitude in defence. Then you've got that little bit of quality in someone like Jack Relish that can win you games. Mm. And and that at any level uh, makes a difference. And I think the fact that. He's, he's been there for so long that he has that, that love and affiliation with the club. is massive for them and it can't be un- underestimated because when, when they lose someone like him, they lose a big, big chunk of the club, not, not just with, with his quality but also with his heart and his soul for the club um, and I think that's, that's massive for them. Jack Grealish was the one on, well, has been on fire for Aston Villa. Um, James Madison, John, has oh. been on fire. For Leicester, uh, they obviously uh, did the job over Chelsea in the Wednesday morning fixtures as they took temporary lead of the Premier League. And you suspect, given the form they have shown this year and the consistency, that they might not drop off like last year. They might be a side that becomes not just a nuisance value in the top four race. They are they are more than a fairy tale. They are, they are a good team in this title race. Yeah, look, it was a fairy tale run that went on to win the title. I think they had a very limited squad that year. 
this season they've got a good squad and 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 they've got a lot of depth and and they've got uh, you know we talk about uh, City having multiple goal scorers there was always that discussion you know they rely heavily on Vardy they rely on Vardy well now they're not relying on just on Vardy because you've got Madison popping up and scoring goals I think it's five in the last seven games he's scored six in the Premier League so far this season I love him as a player I think he's he's brilliant and I just love the way he he also not just a player, it. personality, John. Yeah, he's, he's personality. Like they talk about the, the interview afterwards. It's yeah. Like, this is a player. It's that personality off the pitch it, as well. Exactly. There's, there's a couple of reasons why I do like him, Luke. That's definitely one, his playing style. Plus, he was a Coventry um, Academy player. <laughs> a Coventry oh, okay. Now we're going back to Coventry, bloody yeah. hell. We're going for <laughs> <And> <laughs> we're talking about Leicester, mate. But, but he does he does mention him quite a bit. He mentions him that, he you know, he, he, has, he hands it all to Coventry the way they helped him through his career. Um, it's a pity that they're not up there in the Premier League anymore. So he's gone to a rival club, which is Leicester. Uh, they hate each other. But, um, yeah, his personality, Luke, what an interview that was. That was it, was, it was brilliant because he played the media. <laughs> he, he played until T. He, he's, you know, it was all about, you know, I listened hey, to that. That means Danny he played Carrigan. you, John. You're the media now. He's played yeah, you to a T. You're not easy to play. Look at you. Sitting your home. When's the last time you even walked in the office, mate? <laughs> 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 well, he, he he played Jamie Carragher. We'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. He, is, that, um, is, that, is that hard though? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He, he mentioned how, you know, he'd been watching his games back and, and, and he was watching, you know, uh, some of the comments and that Jamie Carragher said that if he wants to become an England international, he needs to get more goals, more assists. So he went back with his uh, with the um, analyst and with Brendan Rodgers and said, well, how do I get in more positions to score goals? Look, I'm sure that Brendan Rodgers would have spoken to him about that in the past, last season, beginning of this season. But he, he, he played the, the media beautifully because now everyone loves him. Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks, oh, and the media especially are going to be talking about him. And that will help him get into the England national team setup because that way there, if you've got a big push from the media and we all know what it's like, they can, they can either uh, crucify you or they can actually make your career and um, and he's he's actually helped his chances of getting into that national team setup. Yeah, they've got some options. They've got some options. If you haven't seen the the video, it's on the Optusport app. It's on the Optusport social pages. The transcript is on the Optusport app and website as well. Um, Lou, we'll send him a copy of this too. If you've got anything nice or critical to say of it, because he's clearly taken it on board. But it was a it was really refreshing in one sense because he was a deep thinker. But it's great to see the personality, and and that's a big part of Leicester's run so far this year, this year, because he has, he fell off last year in terms of his form and he's picked it up again. Um, but was he really listening to Carragher? No, no, look, I think the credit has to go to Brendan Rogers. I think, you know, in, in the interview and the way he talks about it, the way he's got them humming and working, you know, you can have the quality, all the quality in the world, but if, if you need to manage, it's going to get them working and they're working together. And he's done that. Um, so once you get them working like they are working with that little bit of quality, that's when you, that's when you end up at the top of the Premier League, even if it's only for a short space of time. And he, and he spoke about that. You know, we, we've got to work, we've got to run, we've got, we've got to do, do our bit as a team and the culture. And that's crucial. And, and I think full credit to Brendan Rodgers for that, um, you know, to, to really get those guys at that level and consistently. You know, we, we talked about the, the year before when they, when they won, it was like, oh, Lucky Leicester, so it's a one one off. But they're showing now that they have players and they have a culture and they have a consistency and a habit in the club to be able to produce. What about the signing of their players? You know, they're, they're, a big thing has to go down to some of their signings that they uh-huh. make. You know, Fafana, no one really heard of him. Um, he's proven to be a really good uh, centre back, very young still. Uh, Castagna, who came from Atalanta, yes. uh, you know, you've got Justin. They've got the abundance of talent, especially in those fullback positions. Tielemans in the midfield's been great. Barnes is now, mm. you know, scoring goals uh, on a regular basis as well. I, I just think they've been shrewd in their signings in the past years. And, and, you know, they have to be because they, they haven't got the money of a Man United or a Man City or a Liverpool that can go spend all that money. They need that's to be where, very shrewd. That's where you've got to give Brendan Rodgers the credit and how he's, how he's done that, whether he's made those signings, but the way he's working as well to get mm. the best out of them. 
Well, I want to put your coaches' hats on, gents, because the thing about Leicester on Wednesday was they were a class above Chelsea. And when you talk about signings, there's a vast... Oh, that must have hurt, Dave. Did, did that hurt saying that? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's cathartic to be able to talk about it. You guys are on, the, you guys are on my uh, therapy couch now. We're going to talk through this because I've put here a very simple question. I'm asking you, I'm asking you, what does Frank Lampard do from here? Because after all that money spent, they were a level below Leicester on Wednesday, John. What does he do? Can he do it? Well, he just has to look down the road and it's, it will hurt them to actually talk about this, how quickly it can change. Look at Arsenal. Arsenal were going nowhere and, and Arteta was under all sorts of pressure. They thought they were never going to get that next win <laughs> and all of a sudden they've got five out of six wins. Um, they're looking at they're looking <laughs> the side. Feel, Dave? Just look down the road at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in a, in a, in a way... I've missed Frank, you, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> I know it hurts, Dave. I know it hurts, but Just you know, look at Arsenal, Dave. I, I actually, oh, I support how... Arsenal. That's even harder. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that would be that'd be tough. It's, it's a bad time for a Chelsea supporter at the moment, but it can quickly change, Dave. And and the thing is, I like Frank. I think he's he's going to be a top manager. Um, he just needs to, similar to what uh, Brendan Rodgers is making Leicester players do. The non-negotiables is work, your work ethic, run, fight. You know, they didn't have that the other day. They were off the pace. It looked like that Leicester were, you know, the ones that were, you know, wanted mm. to win their, their duels, their, their individual battles. They, that should be a given for any footballer, especially when you're at a club like Chelsea, because you need to win. Now, if you win those individual battles, then all of a sudden your quality will start to come out and, and you'll actually win your football games because they've got quality in that side, but it doesn't look like their work rate's there at the moment. That's that's the difference, Johnny. If um, and I, I say it all the time, if if you come against a team, it doesn't matter the quality. If they've got more hunger and desire than you, they'll find a way to win. When you match them for the hunger and desire, and you have the quality, then you you you'll win. And yeah. that's what Chelsea have. Chelsea have the quality. There's no doubt about it. But they're not matching teams for that hunger and desire at the moment. Is and that, that a... that's why they're getting found out. But doesn't the coach of a team have to? Uh extract that from their players, particularly when they're higher profile yeah. players? Look, it can, it can happen once. Yeah. But when it's not, happened multiple times. Multiple yeah. times, then it's yeah. a problem. Yeah. And and you're right, Dave. It's up to Lampard to, to actually, uh, you know, pass that through the squad and whatever. I think he's made too many changes this oh, year as that, well. Yes. I want to ask I, about I, that. I, I think that any great side has uh, keeps their spine on the pitch as much as possible because, you know, you can, you can actually rotate different positions and I, probably mainly that the wingers and, and, and a few of those positions that you can rotate because you freshen the ones that normally do the high end speed sprints because, you know, they can fatigue a lot quicker, but your spine, your, your center back, your defensive midfielder, we would, he, he's changed Jorginho, Kante, uh, Kovacic, you know, all the time in that midfield. So they haven't really got to settle, Defensive midfielder, if you if you know what I mean, mm. say he's a starting defensive midfielder. Is that is that trying to keep everyone happy, John? Yeah, and you can't do that. So Luke. so so, so on that that's that's again you come to management. Yeah, you're never going to keep everyone happy. No, but you you've got to then find a way, and you got to be you talk about keeping that spine and keeping that if you need him because for example through injury maybe you need him happy to be able to come in and replace him and do the job, but you can't keep everyone happy and just rotate like you're saying all those changes you lose that consistency so 50 changes this season is the third most in the premier league behind newcastle and manchester united and now you think now that oligon asosha has got his combination sort of sorted we'll start to see a few less changes from him how much has that contributed say to the striking woes up front i mean it looked like tammy abraham was on a different wavelength the players because you know it was olivia Giroud the game before and in a similar vein, in terms of how Lampard finds solutions to the team, how does he find solutions to Timo Werner? Because, John, it's it's really puzzling how a player who was who was uh, so prolific for RB Leipzig was great to start with at Chelsea, did start to miss a few chances, but to fall off a cliff face like this, take us to that world. What, what, what's going on? Uh- Every striker goes through it, and 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 it's also up to the manager again, his man management, um, and and trying to take the pressure off of him, uh, because you know strikers when they're in form, 
they just set foot on the pitch and they believe the ball is going to come to them in front of goal and they believe the ball is going to hit the back of the net. Um, and then when they're not informed, they, it, it, no matter what they try and do, it just seems like the ball's never going to go in or the keeper pulls off a good save or it hits the post and goes it goes out. So it, it's actually um, keeping them believing. Um, you know, it, sometimes you have to take them out of a team just to, just to take the pressure away from them a little bit and, and so that they, they get refreshed and they come back in and, and it's not just on them. Uh, but it shouldn't just be on one player as well. So, you know, I had this uh, situation with um, when I was coaching Jamie McLaren, who he was unbelievable with us. He scored 20 in 20, uh, two seasons running. But there was a period where he wasn't scoring. And so this is where your your experience comes into play, that you've been through a situation like that and what helped you. And, you know, and, and maybe talking to him, to say, you know, uh, this is what I went through. This is how I got through it. You know, whether it was staying behind after training and just hitting the back of the net without a goalkeeper, just visualizing the ball hitting the net, just visualizing that. Then maybe keeping him out of the side for a couple of games, bringing on the last 10, 15 minutes when the opposition tire. And, um, and then once they get that goal again, their confidence lifts and they start scoring on a regular basis again. So there, there's little things that you can do to help them through it. Was that your cue, John? Was to, was to, you know, just feel that back of the net? Was that the thing that you needed when, when maybe things weren't where you wanted them to be? Yeah, 100%. It, 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 when, because it's, it's very easy to lose your confidence because as a striker, you want to be scoring every game. As soon as you go one game without scoring, then the next game without scoring, all of a sudden you, you lose that feeling of what it's like to, to hit the back of the net. Um, and so to get that feel back, I think it's important that you, you, know, you, you do it in training. And, and just simple finishing. It doesn't have to be hard. It's just, just hitting the net. Yeah, it, it becomes a habit. I mean, goal scoring wasn't a huge responsibility of yours, Luke, but what was your trigger, your, your checks and balance? I love the soccer as I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you scored, eh? That's not bad. It only took me 80 games. But, um, but no, look, I, you know, I, I love to get forward. You know, I wanted to score more. I used to have a nosebleed. But that was a difference. I didn't have that in, in training. You know, I was the one out, out wide delivering them for the boys like Johnny Alves. <laughs> you know, I wasn't the one putting them in the back of the net. I was the one delivering them and, and um, you know, assisting. So, but 100%, it's a, it's a habit. I think like anything, you know, not just goal scoring in, in, in any form or your position and what you do, it's how you train that's habit. You're, you're used to keeping clean sheets. You're used to tapping. You're used to defending. You're used to making that pass. You're used to hitting the back of the net. Players develop that habit and it's through training. And, and that, that then emulates into the game day. Because the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. Simple and I'd rather, I'd rather a striker uh, miss chances because he's getting in those positions than shying away from getting in those positions. 100%. So, you know, if he starts to then, you know, so as a coach, you actually say to him, look, you, you missed a chance, no problem. But don't then not get into that position again. Exactly, Johnny, you know, absolutely. Because if you do that, the goal is never going to come. But if you, if you get in that position again, Raul was the best striker that I remember in terms of when he missed a chance. He, he didn't put his head down. He didn't get upset. Raul, the, the legend of Real Madrid, he used to like head up and it was like, give me the ball again because the next one's going in. Next one. Yep. And, 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 and I think that was a big thing. It was his, his character and his way of showing everyone, don't worry, I'm not down and out. I'm coming back at you. This next, you, you can't change what's gone. But like you say, Johnny, the same with that. And you talk about that as a striker. I, I, I say the same as a midfielder, a defender. That if you're going, you're getting that busy, you're trying to do the right thing, you're playing. Everyone, football's bad mistakes. Yeah. That's not a problem. When you're trying to do it, you're trying to do it the right way, you're getting those positions and your mindset or what you're trying to do is right. Okay, execution sometimes can fail you. That happens in football. It's a, it's a game of mistakes. Like life is a game of mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes in life. But it's what you do next. And how you react and do you shy away? Like you say, do you, do you cower and you go under the table and I don't want the ball anymore? Or do you stand up and go, okay, I won't do that again. And I'm going to make it work. That, that for me, going to you talk about the coach said, is more important than the first initial. And so that's what you'd be, you'd be putting your arm around Timo Werner when he's come off the bench with 15 minutes ago, like John hinted. And he's in a one-on-one situation and doesn't even hit the target. That's what you're going over to him, putting your arm around him, and that's the message you're giving to a guy who's come on huge money. Cross the back of the head first, (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, and then afterwards it'll um it'll be uh yeah 
it would be that one. But naturally, when when you're in the Premier League or you're at that level, there's going to be that initial response, and and like fans or everyone is going to going to want to. Uh, maybe just slap him over the head or whatever well, it is. You, you know what? It, it also, it depends, and I'm pretty sure at that level that uh, they will control the social media side because social media plus media mm, yes. on, uh, you know, uh, you know whether it's Optus, whether it's, you know, Sky Sports over there in, in the UK, they're going to criticise players. You have to expect it, but don't, don't read the paper. You know, I remember when I was going through a bad time, I used to try and stay away from any media or any papers or whatever. Because when was that, Johnny? Did you ever get some bad time? <laughs> yeah, I've been through plenty. Don't worry. <laughs> but, it, you know, because at, you know who's there to support you. You know when you're not doing so well. And, and it's important that the manager actually is, you know, this is where man management comes into play. It might only be a five-minute conversation. It might just be your arm around him, say, don't worry about it. I've got your back, you know, get in those positions, keep on getting those positions because I know that you will score goals because you've done it in the past. He's not a young boy that hasn't been scoring goals before. He, he's someone that's, he's, he's been prolific goals. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, he's, uh, it will come. It's just that whether the, uh, he can get his confidence back up very soon, that is. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So in the same breath, what do we make of, you talk about media talk, the discussion around Mane, Firmino and Salah, because that's dried up a little bit. Um, and obviously it exploded as the major talking point after the new little draw against Manchester United. Um, is that a similar conversation? These guys aren't, or is it these guys aren't, is it not a confidence issue, is it? Or what's, what's your prognosis of that? Does it fall on the same boat? It, it, it's, it's funny because, it, and listening to uh, Klopp after the game, you know, he, he mentioned it. He mentioned that he goes, the noise around, is, you know, that's the annoying bit. He goes, I'm, I'm not worried about them because he knows what he's going to get out of them. They're going to score goals again. It's not that they're not. Look, yeah, it, it, it looks a bit worrying because the last three games, four games, they haven't scored. It looks pretty worrying at the moment. Let's be yeah, but, 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 but you, this is where you're talking about only three, four games, Luke. This is how, how football can change so yeah, quickly. Quick. You know, that, uh, four games ago, they beat four, Crystal Palace 7 four, 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 four games, Johnny, that's a problem at, at this level in the Premier League. Four games cost you the league. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the biggest issue and uh, is Jota being out. Now, yeah. I think that because... When you're relying on certain players all the time, they're not. No player can perform uh, in sixty game season at their best for sixty games. So there's going to be moments in a game or moments that you're going to have to rest someone. And at the moment, they've got no one to come in and make an impact. Whereas Jota at the beginning of the season was making a massive impact. He would come in and score the winner. One hundred percent. So right. I, I think that's been, you know, everyone's talked about Van Dyke, everyone's talked about their worries at the back and in, even in midfield a little bit. But Jota has been a massive loss for him, massive loss. And yep. I think that's, uh, it, it, you know, once they get him back, you'll see the pressure lift a little bit mm. more off of the backs of the likes of Salah, Mane. And for me, you know, we know he's not a natural, he's not going to get you the, the 25 goals a season. It's more Salah and Mane that are suffering that Jota's out. I just want to throw a contrarian uh, point of view at you while we're talking about Liverpool and, and their development at the moment. And it was Didi Harman on Thiago Alcantara, who obviously was a, a big part of the Manchester United game just because of how much he dominated it in terms he of can't make a good his part passing. Of he's, he's not very <laughs> <laughs> His touch is all over the shop. But <laughs> yeah. what Didi said was, he said, 
I can tell you he's a good player, a skillful player, but there was never a time in Munich where people said, oh, he's the first time on the team sheet. So I'd be very cautious when it comes to Thiago. And the other thing is, as other people alluded to earlier, he plays a different style of football. He likes to be in position, possession. Liverpool were always good when they weren't in possession, won it and played quickly forward. He's not that type of player, so it will be very interesting when he does play more often how it's going to change the dynamics of the team. I just thought it was a very interesting point because ultimately for a team that was so unique in what they did, whenever Thiago has played, it has actually all been about Thiago, John. What do you make of Diddy's comments? Look, I understand his comments, you know, because he's at Bayern Munich, he's a defensive midfielder. So of course they're not going to say he's the first one on the team sheet because, you know, You've got Lewandowski up top. You've got, you've got all these players that are winning your football games. But he was an important cog in that side. And, and, and look, they haven't been the same without him, Bayern Munich, mm. this season. I think that once he plays regular football for Liverpool, I think he's, he's brilliant. I, I really do. And, and the, Liverpool were good in the counter-attack, but it was more their counter-pressing the, uh, that was good. And, uh, and they still got that. You, you saw in the first half against the Man United, once they lost the ball, they regained it straight away. And Thiago was in the side. It wasn't that he wasn't. And I just think that um, he, he's phenomenal. And, um, and I still think Liverpool will be a better side with him in there. It's more that the front three aren't scoring now. That's the issue. And, and, you know, the goals are dried up for Wijnaldum and, and, and a few of the midfielders because Thiago's not, he hasn't been bought to score you goals. He's been mm. bought to actually start the play. And, uh, and I think he's doing that well. It's very different, Luke, isn't it? Uh, with Thiago, Henderson and Fabinho, which is what they're probably envisaging, to all of a sudden he's having to play Minamino, uh, Shakiri, uh, Wijnaldum's obviously with him as well. It's a very different circumstance to what they were bringing Thiago in for in the first place. Geez, that's um, that's tough, isn't it? Those names you're you're rattling off. We're <laughs> only a couple of positions, you know. It's um, but that's a quality of Liverpool. But look, there's there's no doubt for me, Thiago in any team in the world, not just Liverpool, any team, there's a place for him. You know, there's there's not many players who can play like he plays, who who's so composed on the ball, who can find a pass like he does. You know, if you if you if you went back and looked at the last I don't know two three years. His percentages of his passes is just phenomenal. You won't find another player, another defensive midfielder that has those percentages in losing the ball and his accuracy. Um, you know, in any team, and I think in any any manager in the world would want him as a defensive midfielder sitting in there and playing. You know what? Diddy might be worried about the impact he has on Liverpool, but I would watch a game just to have Thiago Cam on and watch him pass the ball around and his skill and his touch. Come from a Chelsea supporter right there. Exactly. Exactly. Well, (laughs) if he passes the ball all day and doesn't set up a goal against Chelsea, then I'll I'll be okay with that. Um, But no, he's an absolute, I think it's an absolute uh, revelation to have him in the Premier League and I can't wait to see what happens when he gets fit. Hey, another one with the coach's hat on um, in terms of uh, our old he said what section, John. Um, Jose Mourinho and, and Dombele, who scored that quite outrageous winner uh, on Monday morning um, in the Premier League to, to keep them ticking over. Oh, and Dombele or Dombele? Dombele? What did I say? In, Do- in Dombele? In Dombele. In Dombele. And um, he said afterwards, it is a great example with me that my door is always open. And when a player is not playing, he has to try and understand why. And he has to try and understand how he can walk through the door. He understood. He understood. I wonder who Jose was subliminally talking to at that moment. Yeah. Well, we all know who he was talking to. Um, Deli Ali uh, is a big example. Maybe even Bale in a, in, in a way. It, it, it's, um, it, it's funny because, look, I think any manager will want to play uh, a player that's going to win him a football game. So, he, he, you know, they talk about players, a managers have favourite players. No, no, a manager wants to win a football game. So, and, and Dombele has actually turned it around. And I like Mourinho's comment about it's um, when they're not performing, it's their fault, the individual. And when they're performing, it's, it's also their responsibility why they're performing. It, it's up to the individual. It's different when you've got a team that's not performing. Then you have to start to look at the manager. But when it's one individual out of a team that's not performing, it's something he's doing, whether he's doing something wrong. 
you know, away from the, the, the training ground or whether he's not training at the level he should be, the intensity he should be. There's always something that's there in the background. So the responsibility has to go back to the player. And that's what Mourinho is trying to say. Mourinho is trying to say, hey, hey Deli Ali, I'm not playing you because you're not, you're not actually performing enough for me to play you. So it's not that I don't like you. It's your responsibility to prove to me that I should be in the starting eleven, And that's what Ndombele has done this season. He's been magnificent. He's been brilliant. Do you ever have a manager like that, Luke? Or did an experience that you had or see, has that shaped the way you've approached your sort of man management style going forward as a coach? You know, I, I say it all the time is that I don't pick the team. I don't. As a manager in general, say, we don't pick the team. You just pick it yourselves in what you do, how you approach training, how you conduct yourselves, you actually put yourself on that team sheet. We don't We don't necessarily... I reckon in my time, in short time in two years, 99% of the time, they make my decision for me in what they do, how they conduct themselves, how they perform. They they select the team, not me. And and that, that's how I approach it. That's, that's with training, that's with performances in the game. And... And I put it onto them, and it is and individuals. And if they're not performing, then they know themselves. We knew ourselves, Johnny, as yeah. players. When you know if there's someone better than you, or someone's performed better than you, and they deserve to be there, as much as you don't like it when you're sitting on the bench, but if you're really honest with yourself, you can go, no, he's actually deserved to be there. He's, he's playing better than me, or he's done that. And and that's how it is. And, that, and that's and, the one. And it's so up to the individual to, to actually fight for that spot. You know, Gus Hiddink, and we both played underneath him, uh, Luke, he, he, was, um, he was a master at mind games. You know, he, he was one of those, uh, those managers. We didn't always like it, but he was one of those managers that uh, he would know how to wind up certain individuals to get the best out of them. Yep. You know, the, the perfect one was Harry, you know, sitting on the bench against Uruguay, um, you know, and then bring him on and him changing the game. It was like Harry, he knew that Harry would want to prove a point to yeah, prove him. You're burning. That, 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 yeah. That's normal. We, we, we as players, we want to, everyone wants to be. Yeah. But, and then you're burning, like I say, and you want to prove a point, but I've done it all my career. No yeah. one ever gave me a chance to say now as a coach, no one gives you a chance. That's and, right. and what drives you is that to prove a point. Yeah. To, to, to show what you can or what you're capable of. And I think that goes in all walks of life, not just in football. No, you know, and, and, and those personalities that when, when people doubt them and they go and cower and hide, they're not the ones that are going to succeed. Yeah. The ones that are going to succeed, those are the ones that go, okay, you doubt me, you're going to see. Kus also did it with Timmy, you know, the Japan game. He, he left him out, you know, the morning of the game. I know, uh, I was rooming with Timmy that time. <laughs> he was burning. I didn't expect to play, he was burning bad. <laughs> I remember, I remember one of the, the times with, with Gus as well. Um, remember, we used to have the, the starting eleven against the you know the second eleven, yeah. and, the, and yeah. he would he would make some cha- changes during that. Um, make you think, oh, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Yeah. Oh, well, what he play with? He play with your mind mid yeah. mid tactics. Well, 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 yeah, with tactics, and 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 sometimes you would know that you would be the first sub coming in or whatever because you'd work on it in training. But I remember once, Luke, I was in the second eleven, and he um, he gave me the like during training, he gave me the bid, put me on the starting eleven, and within one minute, and and I'm I'm lucky if it was even one minute, he changed it back off of me, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what did I do that man? I don't think I touched the ball in that one minute. <laughs> that who was probably the issue. Who, who took your spot? Oh, I can't remember. I was gutted. I was well, like, it, wasn't, it wasn't me up top anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it was during the World Cup we did that. And uh, it was maybe even before the Japan game. So, it, you know, it, it worked because I ended up coming in and scoring. <laughs> and it, keep, it keeps you on edge, right? It keeps yeah, you on yeah. edge. And that, yeah. that's, that's the same like going into it now. You go, and because that complacency or people not feeling a part of it, you know, even if it's that one minute with the beer, you felt a part of the team, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was funny. It was uh, it was something that, you know, there's certain things that you forget in your career, but that was something that I don't think I'll ever forget. <laughs> in reality, I mean, you, you spoke really passionate there, Luke, about, you know, you know, it's up to you to take your chance yourself. But there's obviously, you, you want to do everything you can to, to make your case to get into the side. But then how much does what that manager do or that coach do roll you up? So for example, John, you, you know, you said you've done everything in your power to get into the team and then he's flipped you after a minute or Tim would have done everything in his power for that game. And then Hus hasn't 
that yeah. to what extent is there so, the mind games and then just the human determination to prove that person wrong? You have to also know your players. Now, if he did that to, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, my mind is, you know, is better than others, but uh, he knew probably how to trigger me in a sense to get the best out of me. Whereas if he did that to someone else, it might have killed their confidence and they would have gone hiding, you know. It, yeah. So you, you need to know uh, how each individual is going to react. And sometimes that comes with a little bit more time than spending with a, with a group of players. He knew that, that, that it would uh, trigger Timmy and Harry. Or else he wouldn't have done that. It, you know, I, I think that uh, he knew they weren't going to go hiding. He knew yeah, that they'll come out firing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. Whereas, whereas Mourinho probably tried doing that with Pogba and he lost him. You know, you know what I mean? So it, it's a fine line. You need to actually understand each individual because not you can't treat everyone the same. It's impossible to treat a group of players all the same. And and sometimes you're going to win some, and sometimes you're going to lose some with the individual players, because not everyone has got that fighting spirit. Sometimes some players, the way their upbringing is, they need a, a, an arm around mm. them. They need someone to actually support them through a tough period. But it's, it's not about you can't treat them the same. You can have boundaries that everyone yes, has the same. Of you course, have those, yeah, those, yeah. Those, those, the way it is, but. You've got to go, like you say, in depth in that individual, because ultimately you you got to get the best out of them. As, as a manager. That's that's your job. That's your job. Yeah. That's your role to get yeah. the best out of these players. And if you're losing those sort of players like Pogba or Bale, uh, Deli Ali, will it work with them? But you know, so so you've got to find a way to get the best out of them because that that for me is you know man management, and that's your role because you, you can't and you've got to have certain there's boundaries. Don't get me wrong. But if you're losing plays of that quality and you're not getting the best out of them, then that's your, you know, missing. And, and the thing is, Dave, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors. We don't know if Deli Ali is actually uh, not putting in in training or, or he's, he's not. Sometimes, you know, what we see is always on the outer. When you're mm-hmm. in that inner sanctum, you know, it, like Luke said, you've got boundaries, you've got, you've got guidelines, you've got rules. Now, if one of your no rules, yeah, you can't allow. That, that's right. You know, he he, he might have. You know, we're just saying. You know, broken some of the rules in terms of uh, even if it's something small about turning up late for training a number of times, or you know, those things. There, this is where you know the manager he won't come out publicly and say what's going on, but behind closed doors they know what's going on, and you can lose the group if you treat someone differently in terms of allowing him to get away with that stuff and keep on playing him. So, you know, this is where it's important that, you know, you, you actually, yeah, I'm saying that you, you can't treat uh, everyone the same, which individually you can't, but there's also those group rules that you have that you, you have to make sure that you're strong with that. So last question on this fascinating um, insight, guys, is just, Luke, what does the role of the team out and the colleague play? Take us back to that morning in Kaiserslautern. When you're in a room and you're buzzing because you've got a selection, what do you do as a colleague? <laughs> I just said, Timmy, unlucky, mate, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, that, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, and, and I always emphasise it that it's, you know, the, 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 the 11 players are going to represent the whole group or the, the whole of Australia or whatever is the club. Um, you know, and through those times, you know, he was devastated. Everyone thought he was going to play. I thought he was going to play. I never thought I was going to play. Um, no one in Australia thought I was going to play. No one knew who I was when I played. <laughs> <laughs> they knew after that. Yeah, they knew after. But but that's that was that's how it is. And and I remember it. It was sort of it was strange because he went down. He's come up. He's devastated. And then I had to go down. And I come up and I'm playing. So it was a one on one chat, was it? Yeah, and it was like it was a strange one because I like. He expected I didn't, and I was like, and I come back to the room. I knew he wasn't playing already, so I was like, yeah, so, like so Luke, I, 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 I don't know if you remember that. Uh, so he came down. I think it was after breakfast, and um, and then you you probably went back up to the room because, uh, and I sat there with Timmy for a little bit, and there was a couple of us. There was there was a few the the, the ones that were on the bench, or, or you know we knew that we weren't starting. Um, so that's why I wasn't there. Yeah, I think that that's why you weren't there because you went back up to the room. I thought it was going to be in the stand, mate. <laughs> but it, and I remember that um, you know Timmy was was gutted, of course, but he he actually you could sense and see in his eyes that he was when he was going to go on, he was going to prove a point, and um, and and he wasn't going to be one of those ones that would mope around. 
And, uh, and it was funny because it also rubbed off a little bit on me because I was angry because I wanted to start. And yeah. so, you know, I, I was saying to Timmy, don't worry, when we come on, we're, you know, we're both going to score, we're both going to win us the game and, and, and all that stuff. So, you know, some of that energy actually was good for us because, you know, we were able to... And that, that's what's lacking there now in some of, some of them now, the mentality in the, the, the new generation, to have that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you, you know, and, and that's how it was. That was a mentality back then. And, and now, like, I, I hate it. And like I said, you talk about mistakes. I don't care you make mistakes. It's what you do and your reaction, how you, you apply yourself that, you doubt me? No worries, doubt me. That, 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 that's your thing. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. And that's, just, that's no different there. And that was a mentality, like you talk about that, John, now, back then, why we were successful then with the group of players that we had because we all had that mentality. I had it through my times at Bristol City where I got selected because people like this coach put me out and I'm going to show you. And I'm going to show you. And everyone had that mentality and, and that, that burn and desire inside them. We've been wonderfully sidetracked, but Luke, in the same vein, um, what was it? Was it that characteristic that you think got you? What even you, you admit was a, a bolt from the blue selection that that Hidikin had seen in you? And then and then when you've gone up there just to find out the selection and found out you're starting, what happens to you? You talk about you know your, Timmy's energy level it went down. Yours just what happens then? I think Timmy's Timmy's went up to another level because he was bursting. <laughs> um, Showed that when he came on, but um, but I was, I was the same. I was always bursting. I didn't expect to be in the in the in the national team in the squad for the World Cup. You know, in my time that I had at Bristol City at that time, and you'd have to ask Gus why, um, how. I always I was always in, and John and I, I was always one hundred percent. I've never not been one hundred percent or one hundred twenty percent. You know, and 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 I always you know I, I believed in hard work. Simple as that. It wasn't about quality for me. It was about hard work. Um, you know, I wasn't the most gifted player, but but always, I you know, I, I put the team first. I always, I done what I done, my roles, and he obviously saw something in me that probably, you know, I was always, you know, critical thought, of myself. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing was that um, Goose could trust uh, certain players, and then Luke was definitely one of them. Um, and you know, you, you definitely had quality, Luke, but you also had that fighting spirit, and you could follow roles. And 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 you, and if he gave you a role of responsibility, he knew you were going to give it. And uh, and Goose was big on testing as well. I don't remember if uh, I don't know if you remember, Luke, when we did the beat test uh, back in Melbourne before we went over. <laughs> and, and you know, Luke, the midfielders were the ones that were getting 15s, 16s on the beat test. And then Luke was definitely one of them. We had a few. We had Jason Kalina that could run all day, Bresciano that could run all day, Luke that could run all day. And and that's what Gus liked. He knew he wanted hard workers, especially in that midfield, that, that could also have that quality on the ball. And that's why he he obviously went with Luke because he trusted him. And, that was, and that's important that a, a coach can trust a certain individual. Fascinating stuff. A great little uh, sidebar to Jose Mourinho and, and Tottenham and Mind Games. But thanks. Well, for... what we're talking about. Sorry. I think so. <laughs> about three hours ago, which is great. Um, I just want to end off with one last question that, that we had, uh, we wanted to talk about today. And, and it's, it's flows straight on from that discussion. Um, I had to finish this sentence for you guys. Um, and, and Luke, Daniel Azani, who's been in the news this week with some criticism him from within the club about, um, you know, whether he'll be there mid to long term and some advice flying around left, right and centre as, as it tends to do. Um, Daniel Azani should dot, dot, dot. I think you got that spot on dot, 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 because nobody knows what. And that, that um, you know, it's, it's hard to, to criticise or to, to pump up when you don't personally and I don't. So it's hard, hard to say and... Um, those closest to him will know. Um, but there's no no doubt about his talent. But the rest is exactly dot, 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 question mark. You know, you can have all the talent in the world. I've seen it all, all my career with players with talent. If you don't have the mentality, then you're going to fall away. And that's that's sort of where you're starting to see where he's at. And he, he needs to rise above it. And he needs to really, um, you know, bring that quality tradition. And that's through hard work. Work ethic, exactly. I think he should self-reflect first to see why he's not playing and why he's he's gone, you know, quite a few uh, seasons without playing regular football. I know he had that bad injury, but he's over that now. You know, is he actually showing that he should be before other players in that squad? 
is he working harder than the other players? You know, is he making is he making sure? So we we don't know because we're we're not there. But is he making sure that the coach has no reason not to play him? You know, so I mean, by doing everything right, turning up to training, and and making sure that you're a hundred percent ready every single day in training and being the best player in training, because if you're not playing. You have to prove why you should be playing. You have to prove the coach wrong. I think what will actually help Azani, look, he's got his agents, of course. He's got his family there. I think maybe a mentor, an ex-Aussie socceroo that is over in Europe, that, that can actually be apart from his inner sanctum, but help him and, and, and that have been through, like what Luke's been through, you know, what I've been through, what... what uh, Every single soccerer has been through. We've been through our ups and downs. We've been there when the coach is not playing you. How do you get through those situations? Now, if he could have someone like that to help him, I think that would go a long way because, you know, sometimes they'll tell him the home truths as well. And, and it's not coming from someone that just wants to tell you what you want to mm. hear. It's coming from someone that wants to help you in your career because we all want to see him do well. He's a big talent for us. The financial team, we, we all want we all want all our players to do well. He's a massive talent. You talk about talent, massive. And 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 like I say, you talk about those talents that get lost or get wasted because that mentality side of things. We don't we don't want that. Like you said, John, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, we've got players over there at the moment, ex players that is that could actually you know that he could lean on, or, or the FFA actually get them to you know, speak to him, you know, because sometimes a coach, and I'm, and I'm talking about, you know, our national team coaches, they're coming from a different side, okay? So, you know, it, it, they don't want to tell him the home truths exactly because they're going to still need him, you know, when they play him or whatever. Well, someone, yeah, that's right. But someone from the outside can actually really tell him the way it is yeah. and, and, and say, look, you know, this is what we think and this is what experiences that we went through and this is how we got through it. You know, it's up to you what you want to do. Interesting stuff. And as you said, as you both said, we only wish him well, but uh, as you alluded to both of you through how you both proved your worth in the Socceroos selection, there's a lot of hard work to come, it seems, for that success to take place. So we only wish him well. Gents, we've run out of time because uh, we've talked in depth about a lot of really interesting topics. It's great to catch up with both of you and to see you both it's a weekend off this week in terms of premier league there's still women's super league on optus sport plenty of action through the weekend there and of course the fa cup takes over in england where uh, it's manchester united liverpool rematch again just one week on on monday morning and we'll be back with the next and pod next thursday when there's another midweek rush of fixtures in the premier league because there's those till every week i can see going forward so um fill your boots as i like to say Gents, thanks so much for your time today and and, th- and uh, just thanks for your insights as ever. Thanks. Always a pleasure, Dave. Good to see you, mate. You yeah. too. And enjoy yeah. your weekend off. <laughs> Guys, everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Gangabot. And until next time, as ever, enjoy your football.